Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, The Zone. We're going to talk to David Locke coming up here momentarily. Of course, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Getting ready to broadcast some games, Gordon. Seems kind of uh, a wild thought, but July 30th really is not that far away. 22 days. Hmm. Right? And the team's already down. They they touched down in the bubble yesterday, and uh, George Niang was wondering if Cafe Rio delivered all the way from Salt Lake. I'm kind of <laughs> doubting that they do, but uh, I don't know. George is a big deal. Maybe they'll make an exception. Uh, how would you do that? Could you overnight Cafe Rio to to the bubble? You'd probably have to refrigerate it in some way, yeah. shape, or form, right? Uh, I imagine there would be a way if, if you're willing to, to pay the cost. Well, it's got to be better than what they're serving. <laughs> so you're on the side of the players. You think they're getting slop. Oh, I totally think they're getting slop. And maybe the, if the, the at least if Major League Soccer applies there, the price tag applies to the NBA. What they're getting charged for that, too, is ludicrous. Well, the NBA is covering it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking about this, too. Uh, Gordon, how much do you think Disney or ESPN stands to benefit from this whole thing? I will be fascinated to see ESPN's coverage and where they're allowed to go and what they're allowed to cover. Well, you're on, you're an advocate for the Big Brother style. You want a camera in every room. Well, I want to see it a lot. But, I mean, we've talked to a lot of our guests about the restrictions for media covering this and this sort of thing. You know, um, I, I think I um, – like I've seen that many many of the local coverage outlets are actually going to be on the outside of the bubble and only uh-huh. allowed to go in for games or something along those lines. But then there's there's the bigger outlets like uh, Chris Mannix told us he was going for Sports Illustrated. Sam is going at some point uh, for the Athletic, and of course ESPN, TNT. You know they're going to have their their coverage on the inside of the bubble. But since it's an ESPN facility. You would think that they would have a lot more access and opportunity to to provide coverage. I'm just going to be really curious what they do. Yeah, I don't know. I think we will get a more intimate look at uh, what goes on and what is said on the court. I'm certainly hoping so. We've talked about this before, but it, it, with the conversations on the court, I don't want them drowned out by fake noise. I think that's what you're going to get, though. Oh, that's too bad. Or, so or at the very least, it's going to be edited. Here, here, I've heard, I've seen that too. But see, here's one of the reasons that. Well, I mean, you could edit it. Maybe have someone on a dump button or something like that. But to me, you know, so many of the players have talked about how it's going to be like an intense summer uh, game. Only the talent will be better, and, and and there will be something on the line, and. I, I find that fascinating. I want to I want to see these players motivated to beat each other, not at the behest of fans, but on their own accord. And, and there's a lot of pride that goes into that. And like they talk about that, that Jordan case, when the Dream Team was scrimmaging in that practice, they said that was one of the most intense basketball games of all time. Uh, I would love to see that created. I don't need the crowd. I don't need the crowd noise to enjoy that or to notice that. 
because these players have pride. They want to beat each other. It's time for our conversation with David, brought to you each and every week by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Team. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, he's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend David Locke. David, hello. How are you? Hello, guys. How are you? I think it's gonna, I think it was one of the things that I just heard Gordon touching on is that, you know, at the core, these guys are ballers, right? Like that's like Jordan Clarkson just wants to get back out and play. Like that's what he is. He wants to be, you know, and, and so at the core of it, we're going to see which guys are, which guys really just want to get in ball. And that's kind of great. It's going to be a different feel, and and actually, let's let's jump in there, David. Let's talk about the uh, overall quality of basketball. Is this going to be a, a situation where you know it's going to be business as usual for the guys that really want to be there? But maybe we'll see some teams like, and I'm not trying to throw Brooklyn under the bus, but they have the have, are going to be missing some players, right? Right? Are we going to see teams like maybe the Nets who just want to get home as quick as possible? we might see some of that and we could spotlight that if we wanted, but I might flip around the conversation into another level, which is that of if you, and that is the, um, they, they, they're practicing tomorrow, right? So the jazz will practice tomorrow. They'll play their first game on the 30th. That's 22 days to get ready. They, and, and it's not like these guys haven't been doing something. So, so I think that they have a really pretty good chance to, to continue to get ready, right? Like I, I think that they're they're coming in on a running start. They might not be at peak performance right now, but they're pretty. I'll bet you they're pretty a little closer than we think. Twenty two days is a lot. Like they're going to be. Then they then let's say they're not quite at peak performance. Let's take the worst case scenario. So then they have another fourteen days to get. There's no question to me that by the time playoffs start on August 17th or whatever it is, these guys are going to be at peak performance. And I think we might get the best basketball we've ever seen because they're at peak performance. They're not traveling. They're playing virtually every other day without breaks, which is how you maintain peak performance. And they're, you know, to their detriment are no distractions. So I, I actually, and there's no sleep deprivation. Like I think that there's a chance this could be the best basketball that we ever see. Huh. That's really interesting, David. I hope so. That would be cool, but you gave good reasons for it. Well, and then let's, let's take the, let's take the other angle. You really like that we get the playoffs. These guys are tired. having gone through an 82 game schedule. Like everyone's healthy right now. They're maybe too fresh, but Right? I mean, usually by the time you hit May, these guys have been going since October. Now when we hit the equivalent of May, which will be the second round of the playoffs, so that'll be mid, you know, mid-August, they will have been playing for a month and a half. David Locke is with us, 97.5 and uh, 1280 The Zone. Um, David, I want to. Uh, I guess I have a two-part question for you about uh, Rudy and, and Donovan and the uh, ESPN piece by Tim McMahon yesterday. I kind of want your overall takeaway from it. But I also want to talk about the, the basketball uh, discussion that's at the center of it, and that's Rudy Gobert's offensive opportunity, his touches and his shots. And I want to get your thoughts on that. But start off with your, your reaction, if you would, to the overall piece. If we're just talking about the piece, I, I think that it, Tim did a did a good job as a reporter on a touchy subject to not 
you know, I think he could have taken pieces and done other things, and he had some interesting tidbits, and he had some stories, and so he had a lot of quotes, and he clearly talked to, you know, multiple sources. So from a standpoint of reporting, I mean, Tim's very good, and I and he's a friend, so you're, you know, I'm probably not going to criticize him um, as, you know, as I might somebody else, but I, so I, I guess I'm saying I'm biased, but I thought it was good. Like from my biased eyes of liking Tim and being friends with him, um, I I thought he was I thought he was quite good. So um, and you know, uh, yeah, I mean I I thought it was well reported. David, I thought the self awareness expressed by Rudy Gobert was really fascinating. I talked about this with Scotty. Um, the other day on the show, and Gordon, you probably have a better perspective of it. You've raised somebody who's 28 years old at this point, um, and you know, our you know, we're not our kids aren't the same as Rudy. That's a different game. But like you know, Scotty G and I were joking. We have 18 year olds at dinner right now, and they're great. Like a, it's fabulous. But and what's so great about them is that they've gained enough confidence that they know everything, right? Like they're pretty, they're pretty certain about that. And it's great. Like I, I actually like admire that the fact that they've worked hard enough and developed their thoughts and they now have enough confidence to, to act like they know everything that's going on. And then if you take, so that's the youth, it's beautiful. And then you add in the fact that they're, you know, that we have a, an athlete who then take that and then is been on a sole quest to be the greatest center in the world. Like the idea that he might not have had this self-awareness and is now gaining it at 28 years old. That That's actually a very natural progression. Like, you know, I mean, frankly, Gordon, you worked with me at, I mean, I was a program director at 25, 26, 27, and you could probably tell some stories about my lack of self-awareness and solely one-dimensional viewpoint of trying to make our radio station the number one radio station in the country with really a little bit of disregard of what the impact was on everybody else around us. Like, there was a mission, right? And didn't have the depth that you had at the time with a wife and a bunch of kids. And, And so I think that that's, like, I just don't think there's anything unusual about what we're seeing, and it's actually I find delightful to watch that growth now and that self-awareness out of Rudy. He just happens to be that he's living in a spotlight with teammates in an environment where these things get talked about. But you're right. It's a, it's a neat thing to see. I thought his culture, I've gone back and forth with him on some things recently and I've seen it in those interactions as well. And he, you know, I, I think he's doing what a natural 28 year old's doing, which is beginning to learn that there's, there's more things in the world than just what he's, what he, is experiencing he's trying to learn and he's and he's adding in who he is as a person speaking of 18 year old kids uh david my thought on that was i always wanted my my girls to grow up to to think for themselves and to have to think issues through and then develop an opinion an informed opinion and i thought that was a great idea until they started disagreeing with me (laughs) well i i I, I, I'm not sure I ever get mine out to have the disagreement. I just uh, I take in what everyone has to say right now. Uh, David, um, forgive me for circling back to this, but I, I, I want to get your thoughts, and I'll, I'll explain why, about uh, Rudy and Donovan and whether Rudy gets gets enough shots. and Because that came back up, right? I mean, there was that anecdote about where Rudy uh, was giving the postgame interview and Donovan came to get him with the water bottle and he told him to pass the ball, you know, kind of like a kidding but not kidding kind of thing. And that was a theme throughout that piece with Tim McMahon. And the reason I want to hear your opinion on it is because I think you are really good, better than anybody else out there, at – demonstrating or illustrating Rudy's value as a basketball player and to the to the Utah Jazz. And I guess I want to hear your opinion about it because it's his game is about so much more than shots. 
I, I guess I'm surprised that the team gets bogged down or he gets bogged down on he wants more shots. His value is so much more than that. Well, but Rudy wants the shots because the shots bring the recognition, right? So, um, you know, if we understand that, then I think we can understand where Rudy's coming from. But there's a there's something going on in the. I'm actually going to say I don't think Rudy has a lot of legs to stand on this one. Um, and, and I'll explain why. Because there's a phenomenon that's going on in the league right now um, that I think is, is worth kind of touching on. So in the last three years, the average team in the NBA took 36% of their shots at the rim. And all of a sudden this year, that number dropped. To, and it doesn't sound like a lot to 35% of their shots at the rim. But defenses in the league have suddenly committed to completely taking away the rim. There are now six teams in the league that allow less than a third of their shots defensively at the rim. In the 16-17 season, so go back four years of that, um, that, that is more so, or even, you know, maybe a better example is just go back a year ago, right, when he sets the dunk record. The fact of the matter is that, you know, Rudy has caught more balls at the rim than anyone in the NBA. That Last year, there's only five teams that held people under 33%, or defend, I had offensive numbers, I'll have to look up the defensive numbers. The um, Last year, there were only three teams in the league that held people under 33%. It's the focus of the league right now. If you go you know, look up the amount of passes caught at the rim in the NBA, Rudy's near the top of the league. Um, and so I, and, and then, you know, if you want to get like, if Rudy wants the ball more, the, the other thing Rudy's got to be able to do is, is score when there is somebody between him and the basket. Like that's not something he does right now. So getting Rudy the ball is really, he's got to dunk it. But if you go and look at Rudy shooting outside like four or five feet, it's, it's not good. And it's never been good. I, um, and so, to, you know, to some extent, I think that's on Rudy a little bit, right? So um, those are the, you know, Rudy this year outside from three to 10 feet shot 39%. From three to ten feet. Last year, that number was even worse. Last year, if I remember correctly, that number is, I'd have to look it back up, and I'm going to pull it here in a second. Last year, three to ten feet for Rudy was 34%. And then if you stretch it out anymore, it was two of 14 once he got outside ten feet. So Rudy can say he wants the ball more, but right now Rudy cannot score efficiently if there's somebody between him and the basket. So it's, in my mind, this is where, you know, Rudy's not great on this one. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I could feel good as a lawyer making Rudy's case. Now, on the other hand, Rudy's leading the league in screen assists. He's setting a ton of screens. He's getting himself, you know, he, he's, a, he's creating opportunities for everybody. And Donovan is open-minded. And if you dig into the numbers on, like, who throws passes to who, Rudy's numbers to Donovan's passes to Rudy's are probably not enough. Like, Donovan probably needs to throw more passes to Rudy, like, if it gets right down to it. You know, so, I mean, the flip side of this also, though, is what's so funny about this, and then this is, a, is another angle on it, is that their pick and roll game is a million times better than it was a year ago. So if you go to the 18-19 season with Rudy and Donovan, their inability to play pick and roll effectively was an issue. Like, remember, like the pick and roll game with Donovan was with Rudy was not great. Like, I think it was about 0.9 points per shot. And Joe Ingles and Rudy were like 1.0. And Joe Ingles and Derek were even better. And Rubio and Rudy was 1.0. Like, one of our least good combinations 
was Donovan Mitchell and, and Ricky and Rudy Gobert. And so we only ran it. I'm, I'm remembering some of this off the top of my head, but we only ran it about 20% of the time last year as our offense because it, it wasn't greatly efficient. It wasn't a good combination. They didn't have a chemistry together. This year, ironically enough, they, we've run it a, a, a even less. I think we've run it about 15% of our offense because Mike Conley's doing more and, and Joe Ingles is doing more. Um, but they're actually really good. They're like at 1.06 or 1.07 points per pick and roll. So they're, they're way better um, than they ever used to be, um, ironically enough. So uh, they've made great strides and are getting better together, and that actually is part of the story that I don't think has been talked about at all, is how much better those guys are getting together. We've, uh, we've talked with you about this before, David, but for the benefit of our, our listening audience, I'd love to hear them hear your opinion on it. Uh, Rudy Gobert was complimentary of Donovan, saying how he is improving every year, getting a little better, a little better, and a little better. Uh, how much more progress can Donovan Mitchell make, and how good? What's his ceiling? I don't know. Um... The next step is the hardest, you know, if we're really, if we're really being honest about that, that is, that is truly the next, the next step is, is gotta be, is the biggest, most difficult step that's out there. Um, because he's probably pretty close to all NBA this year, third team. So now you're trying to get to be first or second team all NBA. Like, is that, is that where we're heading? Is that is like, that's a big, big jump. I do think there are two or three things he can do to, to really improve. Um, some of them are on, you know, him being being willing to play without the ball and the team to take care of some of these things. So one of them, I think that's really important is he's got to find a way to get more catch and shoot opportunities. He's, an elite level catch and shoot player in the NBA. Um, really, truly one of the best. Um, now, you know, if you look at Dame Lillard and Bradley Beal, the two guys I would comp him to of who he's trying to emulate, you know, they're doing a lot of their stuff off the dribble. And that would be a nice area for Donovan to show some improvement. And I, you know, I think in fairness to Donovan, he has shown that improvement, but his catch and shoot game is really special. Um, I think he's this year about 44% on catch and shoot threes. And he was 50% in the second half of the season, second part of this season. He's been 50%. I, uh, I'd have to run the numbers again. You're kind of making me go back to some things I don't really remember. But my memory is if you go back to February 1st on Donovan catch and shoot to, you know, I guess today or March 11th, um, he's at 50% catch and shoot in that time period is, is my memory, maybe even above. And one of the top three or four in the NBA. So, you know, if he can find a way to go from the two catch and shoot shots he has, um, a game to four or five threes. I think that would be a mammoth change in him. Part two uh, for him is a slight uptick in his pull-up game. He's gotten a little bit better in it. That's what makes Dane so unbelievable. But he he's made he's he's improved. His rookie year was not good. I think it was twenty nine percent. He's been thirty three percent since. So that's good. And if he can get it to thirty five or thirty six percent, it's over. Um, the other one is, and this is what Bradley Beal really did. And you know, if Donovan, since he won't see Bradley Beal in the bubble, he won't be able to ask him. But if Bradley, you know, I and I do, by the way, I think that's going to be a huge part of the bubble story is the friendships and conversations and these basketball kind of conversations that have. But if you look at Donovan right now, for thirty six minutes, his free throw rate. 
dropped significantly from year two to year three. He went from 5.5 free throws per 36 minutes to 4.8 free throws. Bradley Beal has done the opposite in year six, seven of his career, which is somewhat unheard of. Players don't usually do that. And what did Bradley Beal do to go from 4.5 to 5.3 to 8.0 free throws per 36 minutes? Because whatever that is, is what took him from 25 points to 31 points a game. Sorry, that was a long answer. It's good. It was good, though. Uh, David, we, we appreciate all your answers when you jump on with us. And, uh, hey, next time you're, you're saw, around Salt Lake, hit me up. We, gotta, we should get a coffee and decide how we're going to make this broadcast kick butt. Yes, we need to do a social distancing. Um, I was talking to, I was reaching out to various jazz people. It was a sad day yesterday for a lot of us when the team left without us. So I... Um, I was talking to someone that we need to all get together. So um, we'll see. All right, buddy. Well, we appreciate you jumping on with us. Okay. Talk to you soon. See you, David. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and always a terrific conversation here on the big show each and every Wednesday. Uh, and uh, I thought he was right on the money about uh, pretty much everything. Yeah. Especially uh, the parts where he really agreed with me from yesterday's yeah, show. That's- he was agreeing with you, but, but. He also made room there for Rudy to be able the, the difference between what you're saying and what I'm saying is two shots a game. Uh, two more shots a game. Well, and you're just assuming that's what he's looking for. Yeah, I think that would do it. Why would that do it? He's been complaining about it all year long, over two shots a game? No, come on. Uh, well, see, he hasn't complained about the times when he's gotten more. But when he's gotten five, then that's something for him to You're just mad he agreed with me. What? You're just mad he agreed with me. What? That David agreed with me. You're just mad. I'm not mad. It's okay. We can I'm all not you know, mad. ain't no good guys, ain't no bad there are, guys. There are there are times when Rudy would shoot twelve get twelve attempts in a game and and do really well. And then there would be times when he wouldn't see the ball much and uh get five shots. I think, and I think those are those are the times that he gets bothered by it. Uh, not when he, the average is, you know, the average. But there were certain times when it was lower than that. But you don't think the other team has anything to do with that? That's just simply them ignoring Rudy. All I know is there were times when I saw Rudy open and he didn't get the ball. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Syringa Networks, he's our good friend Gabe. Check him out, syringanetworks.net. And Gabe, you're helping Utah businesses do business better. That, that is correct. Yeah, we are. We're, we're enabling Utah businesses to be able to uh, have the reliable telecommunication services, whether it be voice, internet, data solutions, IT solutions. We have a myriad of products targeted at helping improve uh, Utah businesses' telecom infrastructure. Which is amazing. And, and Gabe, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show, but you encounter a lot of people who get these services through these big conglomerates that don't really care about the individual customer. And you get a lot of folks that, that appreciate the work and the personal service you guys put into it. Yeah, that's really what we're all about. At the end of the day, we provide a, a great level of service, uh, not just on the technology piece, but really on, on the personal touch side. We, uh, we staff our office here locally with uh, engineers tech support, customer service folks, all here you can call a local number and uh, get local tech support or sales support or consulting, whatever you need. We've, we've, uh, we have that all here in-house, uh, 7 by 24 
All right, syringanetworks.net. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. S-Y-R-I-N-G-A networks.net. That's syringanetworks.net. Thanks, Gabe. Thank you. All right, drop of the day. Coming up next, Justin Zanuck. So stay tuned for that. Right now it's time for another Back to Basketball update. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, back to basketball update brought to you by Zions Bank. Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports and Real GM was on the big show earlier today. Here's him talking about what to expect from a competition standpoint. Now, all the sports talk, guys did a pretty good job of staying in shape. And most guys said, it's basketball shape, basketball rhythm. That's what I got to get back into here over the next couple of weeks. I do think those teams that are ready to go. It's funny, I talked to a coach who said, I think young teams, because they're going to come in and, you know, they can get right out of the game and go in. They're going to be good. Then I had another coach tell me almost immediately after that, in the same day say I'm worried about the young teams because those are the guys who rely on the crowd to lift them a lot more so I don't know if those teams are going to do quite so well in this environment so I think really it's coming into we just don't really know what to expect the Jazz left for and arrived in Orlando yesterday but Denver Nuggets center Nikola Jokic did not even though he retested negative for the coronavirus in Serbia. Travel issues and uh, the timing of requisite testing made it difficult for him to join the team on its flight to Orlando, but he is uh, expected to join them shortly. Uh, There is another Zions Bank basketball update. Zions Bank for a bank that understands your business. Zions Bank is for you. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for Sounds of Various Clips, also known as Drop of the Day. Uh, sometimes, Gordon, we like to do funny stuff, but today we thought we'd be productive. Uh, Justin Zanuck and Dennis Lindsay did a, a joint media availability today via Zoom. Dennis also uh, jumped on our show today, which was nice. Uh, you can get that interview at 1280thezone.com if you didn't have a chance to hear it. But um, uh, Justin and Dennis talked about Rudy and Donovan and their relationship on the Zoom call. So we thought we'd listen into that specific answer. Uh, in fact, here you go. Next question, Eric Woodyard, ESPN. What's up, Jay-Z? What's up, Dennis? How y'all doing? Uh, good, Eric. Good to hear from you. Good, thanks, man. Uh, the question I have for you guys, uh, obviously, you know, within the Jazz organization, you guys always pretty stay tight lip. you know, low controversy. This year, it's been a lot of things going on just within the franchise, things you can control, things you can't. Uh, moving forward, just from this situation, finally being able to play basketball, just how can that situation of everything you guys went through you know, shape you guys going forward. This for Dennis or Jay Z, whichever one comfortable. With. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Justin handle this, and I'm very interested in his answer and see how nimble he is. <laughs> Eric, it's good to see you. Hope you're doing well in in the Midwest. Um, you're right. There there was a lot of stuff that that uh, was about the Jazz when there wasn't much basketball to write about, and. Uh, you know, things I think it, it's been, I don't need to rehash it, all of them. They've been aptly and 
voluminously uh, reported on. But I think what it has for us going forward is a chance for our players, our coaches, our management to think about what's transpired over this past year. Um, looking forward and enjoying being back together, even if under a, a huge, very unique set of circumstances now and us being together and communicating and being open on many different levels, whether that's, you know, basketball or that's social justice or that's what the league's going to look like next year. I think through those things that it allows people to have closer relationships and an ability to stick together on this. That's what I would say is the lessons have been. And uh, there's going to be stuff that comes up as any group of goes through a year or two, especially in these unique circumstances and the more we get to know each other and the, better we play and take care of each other, those things will work themselves out. And we've had great support from ownership and, and management uh, down towards the coaches and players. And I think, you know, they feel it too. I would just add this, Eric, and obviously uh, ESPN uh, through Tim picked up the piece on Rudy and Donovan. And I, I would just say I was very impressed at how open Rudy was um, uh, how he owned, um, certain, uh, points and there was a real vulnerability and some self-reflection that I, that I've, uh, just seen, um, some real maturity. Um, you know, there's some things that we all have to look at ourselves when we get critiqued and, you know, I'm not sure I'm good at that at 51 years old, but I was quite impressed that Rudy at 28 could reflect, uh, you know, and, uh, and share um, how he's felt uh, about a number of things. What do you think, Gordon? Um, I, that's well, I thought those answers were reflective of what Dennis told us. And, uh, yeah. I, I agree. I was impressed by Rudy Gobert's responses in that story, and I thought he was vulnerable. He was candid. He was aware of uh, his own issues, if that's what you want to call them, and uh, both as they pertain to his personality and the way he plays basketball. I would. I really wonder what Donovan's reaction to that ESPN piece. Yeah, it is the missing. Uh, I don't. I don't think we'll ever know. I. I think Donovan, even if he gets gets asked about it, will will kind of uh, not dodge the question, but but not give his legitimate answer. I really wonder when he read that how he felt. And I guess well, the reason I, I say that is because Donovan is, his motivation seems to keep it internal and move on, uh-huh. and that's not what happened yesterday. Yeah, that seems to be what he's indicating his preference would be. Uh, he's going to be asked about it. No, well, he's up to him to answer it. And, and we've been talking about, yeah, Rudy said some nice things about Donovan in there, but I don't, I don't know if Donovan read through that and thought, oh, well, everything's cool. Because <laughs> there was some, you know, still self-serving nature for Rudy, and and that sounds really negative. I don't really mean it to. He's getting his side out there. You know, he's telling his story, and and I I don't want to criticize him for doing that, but he. There was kind of a, you know, well, understand me kind of thing going through it. And I think the fact that Donovan refused to comment on the story actually says a lot. Well, yeah, yeah. But there were also quotes from an unnamed jazz source or sources 
that were indicated the necessity for improvement on Donovan's part. And how he'll respond to that, I don't know. Yeah, I just wonder. I, I wonder his real reaction to that. I'm curious. I mean, those, I, some, of the, some of those quotes weren't from Rudy. They were from people within the organization. So, But really, that's probably no different than what, what uh, Quinn says to him on a, on a fairly regular basis as a part of teaching and improving a 23-year-old player. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, in one week since you looked at me, cocked your head to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me, you're saying get back together, come back and see me. Three days since the living room, I realize I saw my Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I have some uh, mild breaking news. What is it? As a, a former co-host of mine once said, some cracking news. It's not breaking. It's just just a crack. See, get it. Fracturing yeah. news. Uh, uh, Joe Ingles has uh, has tweeted out a picture of his lunch, or what I think is his lunch, and oh, it is bad. That is really bad news. Go look at that and tell me if it seems appetizing. You you would think that they would come on, do what's necessary, because it's good publicity for them as well to pr- be providing good food there. That that looks like Joe manipulated that. By the way, <laughs> that looks bad. There's no way bad. that that was the full delivered or the the full delivered meal. That looks like some of it's been eaten. Okay, listen, I I would never uh, speak that, to. That looks like the soup is half eaten. Look at the cup of soup. It, it probably is. It's all he has to eat. He's got to get nutrition. <laughs> There's no stop it. You know, Austin, I, I or and, and Gordon for so that matter. Soft. I ate school lunch all the way through my K twelve experience. I, I, I hey. I'm not going to look down on school lunch. I'm glad they provide food for kids. But it was not terrific most sure. of the time. And this looks very similar to something no, you would have gotten at school. Yes, it does. You know, there were certain things that they did that they were much better at than others. And so some of it was good, some of it not so good. Maybe, for school lunch? Maybe to the soft, posh Salt Lake School District kids. That went to Skyline and Olympus. This looks like school lunch. But to us, nitty gritty Davis County kids, that looks like Thanksgiving dinner. Stop it. No, it doesn't. Suck it up, Buttercup, and eat your free food and cash your million dollar checks. What were they it wasn't free. When I was going through, it was like 35. I'm talking about Joe Ingles and, and uh, the NBA's food. Well, they're used to a certain standard of good eating. Well, welcome to being an adult and did, not complaining about free food. Did you, uh, Gordon, did you. Um, subjugate your daughters to school lunch? Uh, What do you mean? Did you... Subjugate? Well, I don't know. Is that not the right word? I, I was I was told that I would eat school lunch and like it. Oh. Did, did you do that with your daughters? Did you no, make them... No, my kids uh, usually took a lunch. Or they went out to eat. Oh, went out to eat? Isn't that illegal? Uh, at Skyline, is it? Not. Yeah, that's truancy. No, we were allowed to go out off campus. Too. Oh, we did. Uh, Don't get me wrong, but we were never allowed to. <laughs> oh, we were. Whatever. Yeah. My, daughters used to, my daughters used to come home for lunch well, and bring true, their friends. Truants. <laughs> How's it feel to enable a misdemeanor, pal? <laughs> Give me a break. You know, speaking of, uh, I, I was telling Austin this during the break, but I wanted to bring this up with you, Jake. I saw a report that LeBron James is uh, buying a $39 million mansion in Beverly Hills. Good for LeBron? This apparently is his third 
mansion that he's bought in the L.A. County area. He also has a $23 million Brentwood estate mansion and a $21 million mansion in Brentwood. And I don't understand why you need three mansions. But, you know, who am I to ask any questions about what LeBron's doing? So I thought, wow, this is really cool. So I looked it up, and I said, man, that's a nice spread. That's nice, you know. And and then I went to the uh, I went to the agency that's uh, selling that is helping him purchase the house, and I looked at some of their other listings. A hundred and sixty million dollar mansions, two of them. A hundred and sixty million dollar mansions. You should uh, make an investment there, Gordon. Wow. That's a that's a whole lot of mansions, mansion dollars for a mansion. Anyway, uh, the the mansion that uh, LeBron reportedly has just bought was uh, formerly owned by the creator of the soap operas, The Young and the Restless, and The Bold and the Beautiful. Did you ever watch either one of those? I did not. You? Yes, I did. Uh, just a little bit because my wife. In her younger years, used to watch uh, The Young and the Restless, and so I got roped into watching uh, Paul and John and some of the other characters in that. Uh, what was the other dude? I'm gonna say Derek or something like that. Can I can I just combine two conversations here for a second? Mm-hmm. Okay, so a reporter's work is is never done. Too busy to help. There's bring, always a deadline to huh? bring yard stuff in. Always a deadline, all that, uh, but plenty uh, of time to watch the the young and the restless. This was before I was a reporter. Okay. This is when I was in college. Okay, okay. Let's see. So now that now that deadlines are a thing, no time for that. No time for that now. Okay. No. All right. I I got you. Well, thank you, Gordon. I'm 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 really happy for LeBron buying his third mansion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't feel better about uh, about news hearing today. Well, in a, in a world of negative news, this is the this is the news we needed. A man needs a place to rest his head. You know, thirty nine million. I thought that was a lot until I started seeing that there's hundred and sixty and hundred and twenty five million dollar estates as well. And uh, you are know, you Robin Leach? What are a we lot doing of here? these a lot of these places are are pretty gaudy actually, but. Anyway, uh, that's, you know, the real estate prices on, uh, in the uh, Beverly Hills, Bel Air area of L.A. Rather, rather uh, you know, lofty. <laughs> Next time on The Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous. <laughs> right, I, I don't a know. A richly what appointed mansion. Are right, you trying to, a- like, like uh, make Austin's head explode? He's complaining <laughs> about NBA players complaining, and you bring up a story about LeBron's third mansion. Are you mad at Austin? This is uh, two and a half acres uh, with a view of downtown Los Angeles, 9,000-plus square feet, four bedrooms, two of which have suites, eight bathrooms, multiple entertaining areas, seven fireplaces, and a couple of uh, uh, detached guest houses along with a pool house and a pool and a, and a lit uh, court. Surrounded by... Uh, Surrounded by lush uh, vegetation to keep uh, the nosy uh, neighbors from seeing what's going on over there. I wonder what uh, wonder what the Playboy Mansion w- w- was sold for. Uh, I think it's was... safe to say King James lives a truly blessed life. Have I ever told you this story about how I went to the Playboy <laughs> Mansion? 
Let's go ahead and jump out to the zone phone, shall we? I was was invited there. I want you to know. Uh Joining us now, our good friend Gabe from Syringa Networks. Syringanetworks.net is how you get started. And uh, Gabe, let's let's talk about something else. Uh, About helping out local local businesses. Let's help some folks out. Uh, Yeah, we certainly do. That's uh, really what we do. We're a telecommunications provider that uh, focuses on local customer service and uh, have a broad range of products and services uh, to meet all business telecom needs. All right, so just to test here, uh, let's say I have uh, a bit of an issue and uh, I call you guys up for help, for a little support. What country would I be calling? You'd be calling uh, someone right here in Utah. Not uh-huh. that Utah is its own country, but... <laughs> what a novel thing, right though, here. Gabe. What a, <laughs> what a crazy idea, calling somebody in the same place I am. Yeah, for sure. And that's really what we pride ourselves on, is being able to deliver that that type of personal touch to everyone we, we, we offer services to. All right. If this sounds like something that will work for your business, syringanetworks.net, S-Y-R-I-N-G-A networks.net. Hey, Gabe, thank you so much, as always, for hanging out with us, and thank you so much for taking care of our listeners. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Gabe. That's our friend Gabe from Syringa Networks. Again, get started, syringanetworks.net. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrap it up a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Another Wednesday comes and goes. And you know what that means, Gordon? Oh, what does that mean? Only 24 hours until the next movie zone. (laughs) Of course. How could I not know that? 24 hours from right now, we will be mere seconds away from Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot. And the movie's out. And 23 hours from the next Doc Talk, presented by University of Utah Health. Do we have Doc Talk tomorrow? We do. Awesome. I like Doc Talk. Who doesn't? It, it really is. I mean, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't enjoy hearing other people's plights per se, but uh, it is like interesting from a science standpoint. You know what I mean? Do you take satisfaction when somebody calls in and says, you know, my knee is hurting? No. But I do, t- I do find it. But it is it, interesting, right? And it's rewarding that on our air, people can get free help like that. Yeah, which without, is pretty cool. Without a copay, without standing in line, without dealing with a late doctor. How about you, Gordon? What's uh, what's irritating you these days? Ankle? Knee? Uh, uh, just general soreness. Rash? <laughs> Rash. General soreness, like what Tim Duncan was listed as that one time? Or? <laughs> nothing ailing you? Nothing for the good doctor tomorrow? Uh, just, just, just little aches and pains at times when I am so vigorously uh, uh, exercising and working out and doing such things. Itchy bumps in uh, (laughs) odd places. Has anyone ever called up Doc Talk and said, you know, I do have this awful rash, Doc. What can they do for me? There's been a few doozies, but uh, Uh, yeah. Well, there was one time where a guy was, uh, let's say, harvesting his uh, chickens. Like like killing his chickens? Okay, yeah. I was trying to keep it kid-friendly, but yeah. Why would why would they call into Doc Talk about, I don't know, about but you harvesting hear it chickens? You could hear it happening <laughs> in the background. Stop it. I've, no. I've got the sound. No. 
That's hilarious. How have I never known about this? Uh, That's unbelievable. Maybe tomorrow's drop of the day. That should be. That is radio gold right there. Somebody's butchering a chicken in the background of a Doc Talk call. That's incredible. What? Oh, oh that is gosh. incredible. Uh, anyway. Oh, that's so funny. I'm not kidding. Oh, man. So, All Doc right. Talk, 23 hours from yeah, now. Yeah, I'm going to be glued to the whole program. And 24 hours from now, the movie The movie zone. zone. All right. Talking a lot of uh, sports movies this week, by is the way. Is that the poll question? Poll question is, what was your go-to sports movie as a kid? And is it still the same now that you're an adult? An adult? It was Major League and yes. I, I knew you would go there. Yeah. yeah. I've seen Major League at least a thousand times. Still incredible. Gordon, is yours time, that how one? How many times have you ever seen it? Oh, I counted it as a kid, and it was over a hundred. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I'm at now. But wow. yeah, as a kid, it was over a hundred. And that was rated R. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> and as a kid, as a kid, we'd he watch it to get his, fired uh, up to go to little league games. Jake uh, got his molars very early. <laughs> what was the one with President Reagan as the the football guy? Give one a win one for the Gipper. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, the, was, what was it called? Not Bedtime for Bonzo. That was the one with the chimpanzee. <laughs> anyway. You know, there was a movie. I, I was watching a movie on one of the old-time movie channels a, few, a couple months ago, and, and uh, there was Ronald Reagan along with Nancy Davis, his uh, future wife. It was, a, it was a Navy movie or something about. Nancy wartime. Reagan's maiden name was Davis? I believe so. I had no idea. How about that? Learn something new from Gordon each and every day. Uh, Gordo, you enjoy your evening, sir. You too, Jake, and you as well, Austin, and to all our listeners out there, have a good evening. Stay safe. Stay sane. All right. We'll be at Little Caesars in Vineyard tomorrow, so come on out and join the show. Until then, we'll talk to you. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So if I warm up my shoulder really, really slow, it's the only thing that it, 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 it healed. Might be helpful to uh, get into... Uh